I'm Ben Byes. And I'm Carly Byes. We've been married for 12 years and together for 15 and have two boys. This is our story of a controlling church and spiritual abuse and how it shook our relationship and clouded our view of God. Our desire is that our honest view of pain and trauma in relationships can provide hope and the courage to hold on when life does not turn out as planned. While also providing a dash of humor and loving banter. We are still working to find wholeness and we welcome you on our journey. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to this week's episode, which will be, we're not sure what it's going to be titled, maybe Welcome to New York. Maybe, or maybe... Welcome to New York. (laughs) (laughs) It's been waiting for you. Welcome to New York. Welcome to New York. That is one of our son's favorite songs, by the way. If you don't know who it is, like seriously, do you even know music? But really, it's Taylor Swift, just so you know. That's the kind of parents we are. (laughs) That's one of our son's favorite Taylor Swift is like the mildest of, well, her her old stuff. Yeah, who knows? Or maybe it could be titled... The beginning of the end. We've, I feel like we've already said that, though. Have we? Yeah. Well. So this episode is going to be about our New York trip, which was really a life-changing trip for us, and and life-changing in the sense that it 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 literally changed the direction of our life. <laughs> yeah, and, and then maybe we maybe some other things in that same season of life. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For sure. But that like was a really like the, tricks, but the that kind was, of yeah. the, the start of like us really being able to see God and what he was trying to show us. And um, we were able just to like kind of take a step back for the first time, really. But something else had come to mind um, that I was personally experiencing for the past several years that I had kind of forgotten about, but I had just remembered. Um, So I was experiencing like terrible headaches for years. I mean, shocking, right? (laughs) So they were so bad. They were all day. They were not migraines. Um, I have not experienced migraines because that's like a different, that's different in the terms of like, I feel like people that experience migraines are like put out for half a day, can't be around light, you know. But um, for me, mine were, I had terrible headaches that lasted, they were every single day, like guaranteed every single day. Um, they lasted all day. I did have sensitivity to light, but not to the extreme of like migraines. Um, and it just, it really was impeding on my life, but it, it was going on for so many years that, um, it just kind of became a part of my life. And I had, I had tried several diets. I went gluten-free and this was like at the height of, or no, not even the height. No, this way was before, before was gluten-free deal, was yeah. even a thing. So to find gluten-free products was um, very like um, it was very rare. I had an I had allergy tests taken yeah. to see. I had MRIs, CAT scans. I had every single test done to figure out what was going on. Um, and th- I only was able to have that stuff done because I had insurance through the business I was working for catering. Well, I don't know if you had insurance or your. I think maybe your family helped us out. No, with some I had of those I costs. had Blue Cross through the catering company. Oh yeah. And I just but did you not didn't have, have yeah, yeah. Ben didn't have insurance, um, which is super annoying, but like, <laughs> like literally the epitome of our situation, <laughs> like couldn't afford for him to be like a dependent <laughs> on my coverage. But thank God I was covered through blue cross, um, through my 
full-time catering job at the time. Um, and but let's, so I want to say the full-time catering job, just listen, let's, I mean, it was still not completely full-time and it wasn't enough money for a family to survive. I mean, no, so it it's not like full, <laughs> it wasn't enough for a family to survive, but like I, I was absolutely working full time as far as Monday through Friday, because when I got a job, um, as a social worker out of high school, and then they let me go like several months afterwards, it was like a very sketchy situation. They ended up letting me go because they wanted me to have my master's and I didn't have my master's. And it was kind of like, well, why did you hire me in the first place then? It was very like weird. Um, they ended up being like cited by the health department years like that year anyways. So it was very fortunate that I was not in that situation, but I had a really hard time finding a job with a social work degree, not having a master's and the catering company that I had worked for, um, through college that you had worked at occasionally through the summers and, and through Christmas vacation time, um, said, Hey, we'll hire you for what you would make as a social worker, um, you know, full time. And that was a huge saving grace. So I did work full time. I did have health insurance through, um, that, and that was, I mean, thank God. So I was able to get tests done. I mean, I even did like a sleep, some sort of sleep, um, what's it called? Where they do like a sleep study on you where you go in for like a couple hours and fall asleep and you have all these like machines and suctions connected to you and try to figure out what's going on like with your brain, like while you sleep. And I was having trouble sleeping. And I remember like one of the doctors at one point saying, do you think like maybe you're just like stressed about like life? Is there like, what does your husband do? Like, I mean, they got like really deep into those types of situations because there there was just no explanation for Hmm. why I was like, why my health was so bad. And, um, I remember saying like, no, like I'm not stressed. Like he has gone a lot and he's busy and stuff, but like, that's not, I remember being so clueless to <laughs> that would be the reason why, like that would be causing me headaches. I remember like my family, like years later being like, um, hello, Carly. Like, are you, <laughs> are you like so stupid that you can't even realize that this is the association with this. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the fact that your husband works 20 hours a day and you have no relationship with him, you see him once a week, and you don't have money and you can't pay your bills, and you're living in a place you don't like, and, you know, there's a lot of things maybe going on that aren't great. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I like, received a ton of different treatments and went through a lot of extensive testing and procedures to figure out what was going on because, um, it, yeah, I couldn't make sense of it in my own mind because I was, and that just kind of just shows how when you're like really wanting to serve God, um, how just, I don't know, obscure things can be in that type of situation when there's such a fine line between serving God and like, trying to serve man at the same time. Um, but that was several years of struggling through the headaches. And, um, an interesting thing is when we did leave church, like several months later, the headaches were gone. Yeah. Just left. I mean, I mean, imagine <laughs> but, that. Yeah. And, but it, yeah, it, it was legitimately, it was almost three day. years yeah, of like yeah. having a headache every single day. Yeah. And us praying fervently 
that God would change it. And the way I look at it is always, it was like another little piece of God trying to get our attention. Yeah. But our attention wasn't completely on and what, you, it, what it should have been. You do know, you it think was, like during that time that there was ever a thought of like, oh, this is like an attack on the, from yeah, the enemy? Yeah, I think there was potentially like... Like I'm it was, doing something wrong. Yeah, I think both. Yeah. Probably the thought went through that either the enemy's attacking us or, you know, you're just too big of a Jezebel, so you have a headache. <laughs> so that's your punishment for being a Jezebel, is headaches. I'm a Jezebel because you're a freaking Ahab. So, I mean, who's the worst person in the story? For sure, Jezebel. <laughs> for sure, Ahab. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I remember that this week about the headaches and... Um, I still have like my MRI scans and CAT scans of all of that to, and doctors were basically just stumped, you know? And I think at one point they did offer, um, you know, some sort of counseling, you know, or something. And I was like, I don't need that. Like, I don't know, Jesus. Yeah. Like that's not, and I think I even like came home and told you like, that's not what this is about like that's not what I need like I'm so much further along than you (laughs) um but it's just crazy to think how blind we were to that it's just like another it's just another example of like wow we were really so bought into this lifestyle that couldn't couldn't even see the effects that it was having on us it's just another layer of an effect that was happening in our life that we weren't able to like really comprehend. Yep. Anyways, fast forward to, we kind of ended last week's episode on the opportunity to go to New York to visit Ben's aunt and uncle who lived there. After um, Africa fell apart. Yeah. After Africa fell apart, after our pastor had gambled all away, all of the money fundraised, um, in Vegas and, no, no, um, he, no, he was no? at Lake Mead. That's oh. what he told us. Oh, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> he was at the casinos AKA, in Lake Mead. <laughs> AKA you drive to Vegas from there. <laughs> um, but we, yeah, we were given the opportunity to go to New York, but it was more like a just invitation. Like, Yeah, I and, think what it what had happened is my aunt and uncle lived there and they were going to move away and my brother had visited and yeah. we had reached out to them and they said, well, we're we're leaving after Christmas. So if you want to come, you got to come now. And mm-hmm. so we, we started thinking about it and planning it. And, um, no, they I, were leaving before Christmas. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it was before Christmas. So. Yeah. Whatever Carly says, she's usually right. <laughs> I was just thinking of the timeline. <laughs> um, but I, I have an old email from Carly because apparently we email each other back and forth because probably because our, our phones didn't work at some point or we hadn't paid the bill and couldn't pay the bill. Um, so we had to email each other and there was yeah. an email from Carly. Well, I in, knew Ben was always at a computer, obviously. <laughs> so In September of this year. 2009. Yeah. And it basically, the entire email was like, all our bills are due. We don't have enough money to pay it. We're overdrawn. And we can't go to New York. So this is the worst ever. I'm going to go die. What did I say, though, specifically? You said, like, pray against the spirit of me wanting to die or yeah. something. 
<laughs> which was kind of a joke. And kind, kind of a joke, real. but also like such a like cry for help of like, please see me in my desperate yeah. like need for everything. Yeah. So we, <laughs> that was in September. So we had planned on going there and then it wasn't going to work cause Obviously, we had no money, and then... Yeah, it was like an ideal, like, oh, yeah, like, we would love to go, obviously, and I remember, like, your aunt, aunt and uncle being like, we'd love to have you here, like, we have a place for you, but we're leaving, like, at the end of November, you know, before Thanksgiving, so, like, you'd have to come before then, and we were kind of like, oh, I don't know if that can really yeah. happen, so we are kind of like, I don't think this can really happen. And we hadn't been on... I hadn't left the work or the business for four years at this point. Maybe five. Yeah. I had not been on vacation. When I had we not had been on left. vacation as family, like with my family, we'd go camping every summer and Right, stuff but I was still with my phone. I was still well, right, close enough where I could go, drive there. We would be like at Refugio in Santa Barbara camping, and Ben would have to go to a Starbucks for a couple hours every single day to like get service to, to do, do some work, stupid yeah. internet like website. Yeah, we were. I remember we went with my family to San Diego for three days, and... One night in the hotel room, the entire night I was up in the bathroom trying to <laughs> fix a website. Yeah, that was a picture we posted of you on the phone. Yeah, and but that night yeah. I was up the entire yeah. night trying to fix something, yeah. a, a website problem. So anyway, all that to say, we'd never been on a, a vacation a, away from California for an extended period of time at this point. Yeah, yeah. So it was almost, I know at this time in our business, the head pastor was was showing up less to church, was showing up less to the business, would just call and make sure we were doing our work, but becoming a little more distant, but still having the same pressure on us and having a lot of go-to meetings and a lot of <laughs> um, office phone calls trying to make sure we're all doing the right thing. And yeah. I'm very, I remember specifically a time when he would do this multiple times, but he would three-way call me and somebody else and, and basically try to get me to say something bad about the other person that was on the other line about what they said or what they were. Or what they, I don't know. It was just, it was manipula- manipulative. Manipulation at its finest. Yeah, that happened a lot towards yeah. the end. Um, but a couple of people have asked, you know, who was like running church services at this time since our pastor was kind of in and out and like still on sabbatical, but then still like in the business, you know, a lot. Um, and we just had like associate pastors like speaking kind yeah. of every single Sunday. And in some ways it was kind of a relief. I remember cause I was still required to go every single Sunday, even though you weren't there necessarily every single week. Like it would kind of be like, Maybe you'd be there, maybe you wouldn't. Yeah. Depend on the project you guys were working on, how far along you were when it was due, all of that sort of thing. But um, in some ways, it was kind of nice not having him there because then we knew, like, okay, it wasn't going to be like a four-hour service. And like, I even feel bad saying that now. Well, yeah, it was maybe it would still be long. It, there just wouldn't be the there wouldn't be the fear of at any point being called out. Yeah, I think it was more of that. It, it yeah. would still be a long service, but you'd feel more of a freedom to know that you could really experience God in that time as opposed mm-hmm. to worrying that you might get yelled at. Well, there was a little bit more of an expectation of the service, which I don't think is wrong to have at, at church, like knowing like, okay, we're going to have worship for this long. We're going to have a, you know, 
somebody preaching for this long and having tithe and offering. And that's kind of the expectation of the service. Like we could never really have an expectation of the service because it would always just change. And not that that's wrong either, but it was nice to just kind of be like, okay, I'm going to, this is going to be my experience this morning. And (laughs) it's going to be maybe two and a half, three hours long versus four and a half, five hours long. And um, there's not going to be as much fear involved and I'm, and I'm not going to have to put as much effort forth too. I felt like too was for me at least like there was almost like a performance that had to happen from a lot of people in the church when he was there yeah. of like worship performance or like dancing performance or like whatever it was, um, you had to be like on your top game. So it was kind of like a relief in a sense of, gosh, like you can just kind of, I don't know, enjoy like Sunday service as it is, but didn't really still, didn't really even know how to enjoy just for what it was because it was so extreme of either like so all in and like overly, you know, exaggerated with everything if our pastor was there or like, oh, he's not here, thank God. Like, I can just, like, chill, whatever. There was no, like, I, I wish, for, at least for me, like, more of a sincerity of just me and my relationship with God. I don't think I had, like, my own relationship with God at this point at our church because it was so involved with him. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, there at this point, there were just associate pastors that were giving the message on the weekend, on Sundays. And um, it w- the messages were usually revolved around what the business was doing or the church was doing in supporting our pastor. So it was associate pastors, but our pastor would have input on what they were preaching. That's true. And, and to yeah. make sure that it was falling in line with his vision and the yeah. vision of the house. So Control at its finest. Yeah, so it was, you know, you feel like, oh, this person's speaking, you know, the word, but it's, backing up what you're doing anyway because that's yeah. what the pastor wanted. So yeah, it it was other people but it was all controlled by him. I mean, yeah. he would listen to every sermon and make sure that nothing was out of line with what he thought needed to happen at the church. And if it was, then you would know. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, we were basically not able to gonna we weren't able to go to New York with our own finances and an associate pastor and his wife who were some of our closest um, like she was like my major confidant during all of this. And he was kind of a, he was like, maybe he wasn't an armor bearer, but he was like his right hand man. Yeah. And he was the one who, after he won the game show earnings came down from upstairs to tell you like, you know, our pastor wants to know if you actually really prayed about how much you're going to yeah. give him. Like just for context, this is the same person. So, um, they were basically like, you guys have this opportunity to go to New York. Like we're going to pay for you to go. And they must have just had like just enough on their credit cards to be able to pay for us to go because like nobody had money. It wasn't like people were holding out and you know, (laughs) like just for the perfect opportunity, but they, they must've had enough on their credit card to be able to buy us tickets to go. Um, and I remember still feeling nervous about like okay we have no money once we get there like yeah, I don't want this to be an awkward situation with Ben's family of like 
I don't know. And, and I didn't really know them too much. And I yeah. hadn't spent a ton of time around them. And, I mean, you hadn't even really post-college anyway, like either. Yeah, after you know, college, because I they spent time with anybody. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're so much of a stranger as to your uncle as you are to me so, um, at this point. But I remember feeling like, oh, you know, like so awesome we have our tickets paid for, but... I don't know what it's going to be like once we get yeah. there and like food and stuff. We have a place to stay, but, and you don't remember this, but I know that your aunt had reached out and said, we can't wait to have you guys. Just so you know, we're going to be taking care of like attractions and things for you guys to do and food while you're here. And it was like such a, I mean, it was like beyond an answer to prayer really because yeah we wouldn't have been able to, and maybe it was like irresponsible for us to even like to make this trip, <laughs> not having a penny to Probably. our name. But at the same time, I feel like God really used it to um, speak to us um, while we were there. But it was like so exciting to be able to go there. Your your aunt and uncle had a place in the financial district um, that was like a loft style place that they were going to be moving out of because they were going to be moving to the Poconos um, because your uncle's retiring, right? And he's been super successful and just so generous. Um, You know, everything I know of him, um, he's, they've always been super generous and um, so giving and um, so to be able to have us at their house, you know, their, their, their loft apartments, um, in the financial district in Manhattan was just like, we were just so excited. It was like the most amazing thing. We didn't really have any idea what to expect. We had never been to New York. I had been to New York, like in junior high on a trip and I loved it. And I was obviously thrilled to like go again, but, um, yeah. So we had booked our flights for the first week of November. Yeah. We were going the first week in November. Got in a red eye. Got in a red eye. With the cheapest there. flights, obviously. And then we had to get a taxi to their house. Yeah. And a, apparently, and this was before Uber and Lyft were a big deal. Yeah. So. They didn't even exist. No. Yeah. And uh, so we were getting our bags and some guy came up to us and was like, hey, you guys need a taxi? We're like, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we do. This is what we need. <laughs> we we absolutely do. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, guy. <laughs> so we followed the guy into his minivan, and he brought us there, and then we found out later that was the wrong thing to do. That's actually <laughs> well, not what you do. It was like you, 20 you bucks like for real... him to take us from, like, LaGuardia. I think we I think we flew into LaGuardia. I can't um, And took us to the financial district, like, to your uncle's place, and... Yeah, it was like we arrived at like 6.30 a.m. Yeah, we hadn't slept all night. Haven't slept all night, but we were like, that's nothing new. <laughs> also, no, who cares? Whatever. We're who away. Cares? And um, yeah, I remember like when we told your uncle, he was like, I'm sorry, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> we were like, oh, were you not supposed to do that? <laughs> Apparently, so, you're not supposed to. If people approach you for like a ride, you're not supposed to well, go with those point, people. Well, at that point, when there wasn't Uber and Lyft, yeah, well, you he, had to go to actual like taxi He was like, in the terminal place. with us. Yeah, he, he, he was <laughs> in the terminal asking people if he needed if they yeah. needed rides. Like, we went to a straight minivan. It wasn't I mean, like a taxi I like cab. commend the guy for like hustling, you know? <laughs> but, and he had, I think what made me feel safe was that he had like a GPS navigation, which was like, okay, at least he's like, 
he's done this more than once. I mean, whether or not he's like kept his his clients as prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember like looking but, at you, you and being know, like, like, did you just like seriously, is this the end of our life? Yeah, like and, we have a chance to get away and like literally we're going to die. And I thought <laughs> for work? sure in my mind, I could see Carly's face and I could read it, even though I wasn't around her very much at this point in my life. I looked at her and I thought, if this goes bad, this is completely on me because I was the guy who was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, cool. We need to ride. And I think even when he asked if we want to ride, Carly was a little bit like I was totally eh. apprehensive. Obviously, I don't that's know. And just I was my like, personality. Oh, cool! Like, oh skeptical. man, this is this is perfect. This is exactly yeah, what like, we need. This. Um, really? Like <laughs> we're we're in this terrible can we, mess. Of... Can we pay you with credit card or overdrawn bank fees? <laughs> Either way, we made it safe, which was God's grace. And um, yeah, your aunt and uncle were just so accommodating. And we like basically, we did everything there was to do as like a tourist of, yeah. of New York City for the first time. We went to Statue of Liberty that first day. Yeah, we got when um, we got there at 6.30, we went in there, didn't sleep, put our bags down and walked to the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yeah, and she was like so, like your aunt was just so amazing in the sense of like, hey, like I'm going to take you to do all these things. Yeah, and right they away. were so yeah. generous and so... Um, I mean, it was just such an amazing experience for us having been where we were at to go somewhere that was like, obviously clear across the country where, I mean, yeah, you were still a phone call away, but you weren't really as accessible yeah. because our pastor was kind of not backing off, but he was just, I don't know. Licking his wounds. Licking his wounds. Yeah, he was becoming more and more of a victim, and we just were not having it. AKA, I was not having it. <laughs> um, but at this time, the week we were there, I was getting calls the entire uh, time that rent. our rent was due, was and we couldn't the, pay it. Was it the first week of the month. Yeah. And by that time, our our rent was almost a week late at mm-hmm. the business, mm-hmm. and it was just one of those times where I just I. I think I put up my hands and just said, whatever. I can't, yeah. I literally can't, I, I can't pay, we can't pay rent. And, remember, and I was getting calls from creditors. I mean, ev- like my phone's ringing off the hook yeah. for people that I owed money to or the business owed yeah. money to the whole time we were there. And some reason I just, whatever. Well, and remember too, my grandma took, kind of took a turn for the worse at that point. So my oh, grandma yeah. had been diagnosed with um, lymphoma my mom's mom and um it was kind of a like out of nowhere thing and um I remember talking to my mom on the phone and asking how she was doing and like we both kind of started crying and like my mom just she didn't want to tell me because she was so excited that we were away and she I think they were so excited for us to have this opportunity that she didn't want to like burden me with the fact that like my grandma was not doing well and I remember crying in the taxi on that way on the way to dinner one night um just a very like as amazing as the trip was it was equally very heavy with everything that was still going on yeah. in our lives and um with my grandma being sick you know that like was that was a really hard thing on my family um and not being able to be there um was hard not that I would have been there she li- did she you know she lived in Minnesota at the time and um but it just kind of felt like things were crumbling around us and we were in this other place that was so amazing, but at the same time was like, things were just crumbling, yeah. you know, like things back home were crumbling, things 
with my family were crumbling with just, you know, my grandma's health and stuff. And, and that was really hard to deal with. But, um, you know, it, I think like the question has always has come up a lot of like, did anybody try to help you like process this sort of thing of like question, like what you were doing or anything like it? And we've kind of addressed on the past with parents, um, you know, wondering like, we know where were our parents role in all of this and stuff. Um, and, but no one could really tell us anything. Like we were very hard to convince otherwise of what we believed in. Um, but there was something about New York and being where we were at kind of definitely, I mean, at our wit's end was, I mean, an understatement <laughs> at our wit's end. Um, and being able to spend time with like your aunt and uncle who like are so caring, but also have like been so successful in their life and to be able to, I mean, so we went out to dinner one night. Remember, we had mm-hmm. walked to dinner, and your cousins, your cousin and his wife lived there. And um, I mean, you grew up obviously spending time with your cousin, and and I, I don't even. I, mean, I think maybe I had met them maybe one time before, but just such an enjoyable couple to be around. And um, we had so much fun with them, and really had a lot in common as weird as we were at that point. Like I think moving forward, we had more in common, but I remember just like loving your, your cousin's wife. And, um, and, but we went out to dinner that night. And you remember that dinner? Just like the questions your uncle. Yeah. We, we went near, um, their house just walked to, and it was a really great dinner. And that was awesome too. Like we ate at the greatest places and we weren't used to eating really good food. And, and the the questions he asked me were really simple, and they weren't overly crazy, but it was things like, you know, what's your plan for your family, and are you really providing for your family the way that you want to, beyond finances, and including finances? Are you really doing what you feel like you need to do for your family? What's your future plan? And things that are seem, seem, seem so simple, mm-hmm. but... As he was asking me, I, I, it was by far 100% the first time that someone asked me those questions and I allowed those questions to process inside me mm-hmm. and say, what is my plan? Mm-hmm. And, and I know it's to have faith and see this work out, but really how am I providing for my family? Yeah. And is how... It- and how am I doing that in a way that's honoring God? And it was almost like the first time God was like lifting the veil a little bit for us to really see Him, and um, it was like He was offering us an opportunity to get out. And this was kind of—I truly feel like one of the very first steps of us. Not maybe the first step, but it was definitely a step. Um, being there in New York with your aunt and uncle, being asked these questions that really was a huge catalyst of us changing our lives, yeah. really. That allowed, I think it was, we were finally able to really lift the veil and allow God to really show us what was right, um, what was of him, what was not of him, and what we were to do from there. Yeah, and it was, 
again, it was simple questions, but it was just the right timing and yeah, being yeah. away. And it and wasn't like anybody had asked those questions. It's not like yeah. no one had asked those questions before. They had. But it was the timing. And I think that is something that I still wrestle with in terms of like, well, why do you think God didn't reveal you know, more truth earlier? Or like, why do you think that you were ready at that point in time to like really see the truth versus a different time? Like, that's hard for me to really reconcile. Um, and to be like, I think the best answer that I have at this point is that I just may never know on the side of eternity at this point. Yeah, and, and it's, I agree. And I think part of it was, again, we were at our wit's end. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'd come to the end. We'd come... It was there was so much going on with the business and being called every day about late finances and then having our pastor in Las Vegas gambling when we couldn't pay well, for anything. Well, we would have never then, been able to go on a New York trip had it been six months earlier or right. even any earlier before that. So yeah, but he had kind of started to back away a little bit and I and again we'd said the car rides there with my with my best friend we we started to see the just manipulation Maybe, yeah. that was involved and how incredibly um, horrible he was treating certain people and began to see that maybe this wasn't like God revealing this stuff to him. Maybe it was him and his ability to gossip with people, learning things behind people's backs. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all these things were adding up and I think added to that point we're in New York away from everyone and we're with people that are successful. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not like that are successful and love their family and take care of their family. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. oh, wait, this is a like reality apart. Yeah, this yeah. is a reality apart from what's going on in my life right now that, yeah. that seems to be a good reality. Right, right. So maybe I'll listen yeah. to these questions. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was, it, I, yeah, I think it was just the timing of it. Like your Uncle Gary was just... I mean, I truly feel to this day that, like, he was the start of, like, what saved our life. Like, you were able to hear things from him that you weren't able to hear years prior because of the timing, because of him, because of where we were, because of the distance of location, of all of those things. But um, I remember feeling like, wow, I think maybe... I remember feeling like you were maybe, I guess, just getting it a little bit because I think, I think maybe I always had hoped that you would have that perspective of like taking care of your family and all of those things that, that he asked of you. Um, but I think to like really see you take that in like you weren't you weren't one to take people's advice because we always knew better you know we like you know there was nobody that knew better than us like so so you weren't going to be taking people's advice no matter how where they were in their life or whatever um you know outside of our church like whether it be like my family or whatever it was um but at this point like at this time it was almost like you were ready to receive that and I could see that and it was so exciting in a way because it felt like, oh my gosh, like maybe things can change. But it also felt like, oh my gosh, but we're so deep into this. Mm. Like if things change, like we're still so like, wow, we've got, there's just a lot. <laughs> yeah. And 
I think all that is true, and I think to encourage anyone who's maybe has family going through things, whether it's a church like this or anything else, what I what I believe helped me listen was that, you know, a lot of times in my life when things weren't going great and some things were going weird with my family or we didn't have money, like my uncle had helped helped us out with things. So there was a track. Oh, when you were little, yeah, there was a track record in my life of. I remember getting basketball shoes from him once, and and one time when I went to college, I was going back to college. I couldn't pay for books, and somehow it just mm, right. worked out. So I think just encourage everybody out there, like just keep being a part of people's life and giving, and it shows a track record for me. It showed a track record of this person, like no matter what anybody else says, that this person really cared about me in my life. So mm-hmm. how can I not listen a little bit at yeah. least? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So I think encouraging anyone else out there like just keep loving people and keep serving them and sacrificing for them and and i eventually maybe god will give you a chance to speak into their life and they'll be able to listen to it because of what you've done for them Mm -hmm. and what you've consistently showed a care for them i don't know yeah yeah absolutely yeah, but I'll never forget. It was, it was, it was. I think it was a seafood place it was. that we went. It was kind of like an undergroundish area, which I guess so many places in New York were. I don't remember that place specifically, um, like where it was in proximity. But I'll never forget because your cousin. I feel like your cousin and his wife, like Jason and Kim, they ended up leaving, didn't they? Like have to get back home or something. And it was just a, the four of us. I remember the conversation with the four of us um, in that restaurant, and it really, I feel like it just broke through some barriers with us for the first time in so many years of, like, we were able to hear somebody from the outside where we were never able to hear from the outside before um, and really be able to hear what, what they were saying to us and advice that they were giving and just questions that they were asking us, like, out of love because they genuinely cared for us. Yeah. So it was, it, it was it was great. It was it was, great. it was amazing. We did everything you could hope to do. Well, someone else was paying for it, which is so thankful for. And this was the fattest I've ever been. <laughs> and there's and a couple he had pictures. Your stupid haircut, kind of. Yeah, there was it a couple. Was, there's a couple only... pictures where we look back. We're like, okay, this is like this is. Not to say body image is a big deal. And if you're a little bit bigger, it's no big deal. Just for me, I wasn't used to it. And we look at pictures now, we're like, that's just what's your problem? And then we went on a run with my cousin and his wife. And his wife was five months she pregnant. She was, yeah, four or five months pregnant. Four or five months pregnant. In we Central Park. I mean, in Central talk Park. about a dream. Like the yeah. most amazing run. And this is when Carly was like running queen. No, so, I wasn't. I just... I, I think at that point I was starting to consider doing a half marathon and that was in November and I did a half marathon that following February. Yeah. So, yeah. So Carly was running. I obviously was just sitting in the office getting fat and <laughs> eating manwich sauce <laughs> and nothing else the entire day and smoking bad cigarettes. So, so you know, why were just you getting like, fatter then if that was the case? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Atrophy. <laughs> but um, we went for a run in Central Park and... It was four of us, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we started running, and I, I could, I, I like couldn't run. I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't go for a jog 
my body couldn't do it. Yeah, so it, you it and Kim legitimately did like the four mile loop. So, but still even four miles at that. No, it wasn't a four miles. Yes, was like, it was. No, Carly, it was not. Because me and Jason did six miles. Okay, I'm telling you it wasn't four miles. It was <laughs> okay. like two. No, yes. it was more than that. No, it w- I, I promise you okay. it wasn't because it was so bad. <laughs> okay. It was so embarrassing. So Carly goes on this long, like six mile run and I go with Ours the pregnant. that mile <laughs> much longer than yours. I go with the pregnant lady and multiple times she turned to me and said, do you, do you want to just walk for a little while? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pregnant lady turned to me and, the yeah, and, and, and I said, yeah, let's walk yeah. for a little while. So. I had to walk some of the run with the person who was pregnant who could have run the whole time and running like two or three miles less than the other people and probably finishing at the same time. So it was just like so horrible. But can we talk about why this trip was even so much more exciting for me and being infatuated with New York, (laughs) a.k.a. one of my obsessions being Felicity. Okay, so like I wanted just to live the life of Felicity when we were in New York. We went to Dina DeLuca. We Took went a to picture NYC. in front of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it just was... I think that's why it felt so... Because, like, Felicity was so, like, monumental for me and meant so much to me, like, in my <laughs> high school years and college years, like, watching with all my my college roommates. And um, it just, yeah, had a huge influence on my life. And... and so being able to go to New York and like experience that too, like made it that much more exciting, I guess, you know? Um, and so, I mean, yeah, we got, we were able to do everything. We did like Rockefeller. We went to see a Broadway play. We saw Mary Poppins, which was so amazing. Um, we went to so many incredible eating, like, I mean, so many incredible places to eat. And this was like before I felt like we were even really, yeah, knew what food was, really. Yeah. I mean, like, we did, but we just didn't, didn't we couldn't afford or, to, like, do any of that, so... Or time yeah, to go so out with each other. that was kind of before we were, like, became real, like, foodie people, I guess. Um, but just so many fun experiences that were so outside of what we were used to in terms of, like, spending time with your cousins and... Enjoy. Ignoring calls from bill collectors. Yeah, Wait, and that just was like, a normal just thing, but I would just enjoying ignore more. <laughs> like an evening out. Like we yeah. just had never, we hadn't done that in so long, and we had never spent six days together. I remember that being like kind of that was weird in a way because yeah, we had since never our, spent since our honeymoon. We, we had never spent that much time together um, in a row to where we were in the same location, um, and there were. Def- I remember definitely having conflicts. While we were there, um, probably me feeling numb towards our relationship and all of that again. And, um, and I remember like the sadness of my grandma, my grandma's health, um, like contributing and, um, but it was just, it was an incredible trip that was really a life changing trip, um, that just, yeah, it just, it truly was life-changing, and it will forever hold such a special place in our heart, like New York in general, and which is why we went back for our 10-year anniversary, mm-hmm. um, because it just, it just symbolizes so much to us. It, yep. it really symbolizes, like, a, just 
it changed our life in a lot of ways. And I know that it was God that did that, but I feel like your aunt and uncle were so instrumental in really allowing, like helping us take that next step. So we have an incredible time there. We're there. Oh, and the Yankees had won the World Series oh, yeah. we were there. Oh, yeah. And Jay-Z had performed, Jay-Z on, the performed the on the steps of the Capitol. Jay-Z performed on the steps of the Capitol, New York. Yeah. Song. I which mean, it we was... were even into that at that point, which is... Well, sort of. We... I mean, yeah, we weren't allowed to listen to that secular music, I guess. <laughs> that was more... I definitely knew the songs and mm-hmm. Jay-Z. I knew Jay-Z more from, like, college and high school. But, yeah, when we were at this point, we were, like, overly religious. So we didn't yeah. listen to that stuff. and. But even you know. just like the parade, the Yankee parade, and yeah. like the ticket tape everywhere, Crazy. like... Crazy. Oh my gosh, it was just so fun. And just, yeah, like we just got to do so many things. Your aunt and uncle were just so beyond generous in what um, we were able to do and, and what they provided for us. It was just, I feel like we I can never like thank them enough for what that meant to us in our life. At that time. Yeah. Right place, right time, and generous yeah. people that are yeah. loving. and Yeah. So hang in there, everybody, who you've got family. <laughs> Just hang in there. Yeah. Um, you could be the one to break through <laughs> if you yeah. just just keep caring and yeah, loving no, and Yeah, no, I think that's a testament to, like, if, if you know people that are in a hard situation that you just don't know how to help them and you just continue to pray for them or continue to be there for them and continue to support them, continue to call them, whatever it is. Like there may be a time where your words are heard like more than they have been in the past. And that's what it was for us, you know? So had people given up on us completely, like, I don't know where we'd be today. You know, had people like really treated us the way that we should have been treated. Like we were complete jerks to them and, you know, just were out of touch and all of those things. Um, we wouldn't have deserved any of those things, you know, but yeah, I think just don't give up on the people that are in your life that you're hoping for and praying for and, um, connecting with, I think just stay connected with them in some sort of way. You just never know what, um, what God will open up. Yeah. That's definitely how it was for us. Yeah. And then yeah. we came back to bills and debt <laughs> and, um, and so many questions in our mind, but yeah. yet still the pressure of feeling like I'm all in, yeah. you know, like I'm, I can't just, I can't get back in the boat. I jumped in the water, Yeah, you know, I, I jumped off the cliff. I hope these wings work, not let's grab a parachute. You know, it's like. It was such turmoil. It just. You know, in a just such a weird spot, and um, at this point is when that was November, and then it started rolling into Christmas time when Carly's grandma was getting sicker, and then trying to figure out what's going on in our life with debt and no money, and and not, this business that was still and this going business on. That was we we're getting clients, but not having money to pay bills and having my name on leases and our credit wrapped up in a business that we weren't able to control and Mm -hmm. and and our own personal finances that we couldn't be on top of (laughs) and our own personal marriage yeah that was cold as ice (laughs) ice storm ice storm (laughs) um but i think like what was such a 
in addition to like going to New York and experiencing that, like the next like huge catalyst of change that was coming was a very involved, like influential couple in the church who had been there for like 20 years, right? Who had been there, like all of their kids were born there and um, they had been involved for, I think- From the beginning, yeah. Yeah, for 20 years, close to 20 years. He was an associate pastor. Yeah. Yeah. They were- they were, they had decided to leave. Yeah. And people had like come and gone here and there, but never anybody who was like involved or been there for an amount of time. This was like literally groundbreaking. Yeah. And they were, that people, they were leaving. They, they were one of the few people that had stable jobs that were like the biggest givers at church. Yes. So it wasn't just like, they weren't just like people who were involved. No, they, they, they were, they were deep in. To the church, they they were probably you know single handedly paying the pastor's salary. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. And I remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, like I cannot believe they're leaving." But at the same time, it felt like because I think at this point we were just. I remember I think just separately because we never obviously prayed together. <laughs> Separately, I think I was praying like, God, like, please just do something. I don't know what it is to even pray for at this point. Like we're back from New York. It was an incredible experience. It was, you know, like it maybe gave Ben a little bit of, um, just a little bit of something to maybe take a stand for something in this life. But I don't know if it was enough. Like, I was just praying for something for you to be able to stand for yourself and, like, for us, you know, because you weren't capable of doing that. And, you know, in times that you were, like, you you know, our pastor just totally shamed you for it. So I remember just praying, like, for something. Like, God, please just do something. Like... And I had never really prayed that before. I think before it was always like, God, change me, like change my hate for, (laughs) change my heart for like the hate for this life or whatever it was, or like help me to love my husband or, um, you know, but this was like the first time I was really praying like, God, please do something. Like we need something. And this pastor and his wife leaving and his family leaving, um, this was before Christmas time, after we were back from New York, mm-hmm. but before Christmas, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like God is doing something because no one had ever left that no was this that influential deep, yeah. in the church before. Yep. Like this was like, this truly was ground shattering. Like it just was like, I remember even just thinking back, like, holy cow, this was this was make it a statement and the reasons for leaving were all of the reasons for everybody. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't know if we ever knew the reasons because it was, no one had ever really talked about the reasons. Right. But I think you can, I think it's pretty obvious what the reasons were, but, um, I think it was really the start of the unraveling, like truly the start of the unraveling of like, Oh my gosh. People, A, have the ability to leave um, and be like, oh my gosh, like they're doing it. Like what's going to happen to them? Like, I think, I think we were all kind of like happy for, like so happy for them, but 
also like, oh my gosh, like what is this going to mean? You know? Whereas before, like had it been a year previous, we'd have been like, oh my gosh, they just don't get it or they aren't going to like experience God fully. But at this point we were like, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous that they are, <laughs> that they are making that decision, you know? Um, but yeah, that was a huge, that was a huge factor going into Christmas for really all of us that I think were attending the church. I mean, all of us that were like really, really close and really involved um, because like our pastor was against, I guess just, it seemed like he was gaining, like he had little, I mean, week after week, it was like he had little, just, just authority. Um, every time it was a little less, a little less, a little less. And I remember him being at church one Sunday and he was, I don't know if you remember this, but <laughs> he was like in the just utmost of his like, I'm a victim mentality at that point. Like, oh, you know, this family's leaving and this is just so hard on me. And, um, you know, he was just always a victim in everything he did. But I remember this one particular Sunday it was sometime between... November and Christmas, Thanksgiving and Christmas, where, you know, we were, we were all like forced to greet everybody after church. Remember like the greeting and we were yeah. like, we had to go up to everybody that was new. And it was like kind of a mandate on the, on us that were there for a while. And, um, which I don't feel like there's anything wrong with no, like, it's good. Yeah. Absolutely. Like meeting new people and making them feel welcome and all that stuff. But, um, but I remember like he would kind of make his rounds after service and, you know, be like, oh, you know, pastor, like, or apostle, whatever it was at that point. Um, you know, how are you doing? And he'd always be like, oh, okay. You know, like, oh, it's just been like really hard, whatever. And I remember saying to him, because he was like, oh, it's just been like really hard. And I remember being like, really? Like, really? It's been really, hard. it's been hard for you? Really? And he was kind of caught off guard. I remember you like even talking to me about it later, like, whoa, Carly, <laughs> Carly's, Carly's lost it. <laughs> Carly's not coming back. <laughs> but I remember for the first time really being like, like, I'm not scared of you. Yeah. Like you are an idiot and I'm not, you are not going to make me feel inferior. Um, and like, you're not going to make me feel bad about anything. So like you like playing the victim in this like conversation right now. I, I remember being like, Oh really? Like you've had a hard time. Like, give me a freaking break. Like literally give me a freaking break. Like you have a hard time. Give me a break. And I, I had, that was the first time I had been so bold because I felt like I really had nothing to lose at that point. Yeah. I really had nothing to lose. Like what? He was going to like talk to you and say like, Oh, Carly's Jezebel. Okay. Well, he already, or he had already done that. Like that wasn't like a new concept. And like at that point, what have you, what would you have even said to me? Like you would have been more like, yeah, I kind of agree with Carly <laughs> at that point where it may be six months prior, you wouldn't have been, you yeah. know, but there was just a shift in like what we were able to identify as not okay really is what I think what's going on. Um, but yeah, that, that couple had decided to leave and it kind of put us, pushed us into, you know, Christmas time. We, um, 
ended up going to Minnesota to visit my grandma and my aunt and her family with my whole family um, for Christmas. And and we'll talk about that next episode. But um, that was, again, a huge part of our just kind of next life and allowing us to separate ourselves from um, what our life looked like to be able to gain some perspective. I think that's really what it was. Yeah. Once we were able to be in a situation where we could like be outside of our normal day to day and gain some perspective, then it was like God like truly met us, but we never had that opportunity to do that before New York. And then before, Minnesota, you know, it was like something about being clear across the country yeah. <laughs> that really like separated us. I can't drive to the movie theater to fight someone who you pissed off. So, <laughs> But it's funny because we've been across the country, but I guess you were always with him when you were across the country, yeah, like in Alabama or Tennessee, yeah. whatever it was, it was, you were with him. So it was different than we were with family other times. But, um, anyway, New York has been just such a significant and special place to us and really just such a heartwarming place. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it other than it's it, it truly, we feel like it has changed our lives and that trip to see Ben's family was... Um, it really was life-changing. I think that we were in a place for God to really show us um, what was true and what wasn't. And Ben was able to like really hear beyond what he was normally hearing, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Just, for sure. Yeah. Just, gosh, I love New York. <laughs> <laughs> I could never live there. Don't get me wrong. I could never live there. <laughs> you could there, for like a month. But, oh my gosh, it just is, like when I see movies or anything <laughs> about it, it just is like so nostalgic to me because it truly represents like life-saving for us. It really was a lifesaver for us. Um, and so it's so much more than just a vacation. It, it truly saved our lives and our marriage, obviously. So um, anyways, thank you, New York. Thank you, Ben's aunt and uncle. <laughs> um, and uh, anyways, we'll we'll see you all next time on Biography. Thanks for listening to us tell our story. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, it only seemed appropriate for this week's final four for it to be um our top four memories from new york city yeah (laughs) that's right (laughs) which has been hard because i think we've mentioned quite a few things so some of these might overlap with things we've mentioned but um yeah some of the stuff carly do you want to (laughs) start some of the stuff (laughs) Um, yes, as we mentioned in the episode, um, one of my favorite memories about our first trip, so we went to New York two times, um, one was two years ago, our second trip was two years ago, it was for our 10 year anniversary, um, which was so awesome to go without our children, well, we only had one child at that time, um, 
and just celebrate each other. But uh, my first memory is what I we had mentioned in this episode was running in Central Park. That was just such a... <laughs> For you, it was a good memory. Yeah. This, this is why it's mine and not Ben's. <laughs> Um, first of all, I can't remember the last time I ran that far. <laughs> oh man. I'm just kidding. Um, I was, I think it was after that run, I was deciding to like do a, um, half marathon. Um, but yeah, it was just like beautiful and it was wonderful yeah, weather. It was fall. Perfect fall day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just like everything you see in the movies is what it felt. So um, that's one of my top ones. All right. My first top one is, this <laughs> might seem strange, but the first time we went there, we were walking somewhere like we, you do there and we got cannolis on the street. Mm, yeah. You're <laughs> an uncle. And I never had a cannoli before and I'm a big sugar fan. So Which is like, just crazy. You've never had a cannoli before. I feel like cannoli is not sweet enough for me, but we got it from like a fresh place on the street that was like authentic it was in little yeah, italy we were, yeah we were in little italy it was authentic and it was so good i don't <laughs> know, i don't know if i ever will i think the second time we went we tried to find a cannoli that good and maybe it was just because the memory was so yeah. good i just thought nothing will ever compare to that cannoli I ate. <laughs> <laughs> well like everything about that trip was so probably extra because you were eating manwich, and so, like, a fresh cannoli was, like, a true delicacy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Strange. That was a great memory, though. <laughs> um, my next one is um, our second time uh, going. We stayed in um, Lower East Side, which, let me tell you what. This is for young these, people. <laughs> these <laughs> mid-30-year-olds, I mean... <laughs> I mean, those folks can hang yes. in Lower East Side. <laughs> um, but Way we got too a, old for that. We got a really cool Air, Airbnb um, in Lower East Side, and we debated where we should stay because, yeah, you know, you just want to be close to things, but then you also want to have a fun experience. So we decided for Lower East Side, which I think was such a fun choice. I don't know if we would choose it again just because we would maybe want like a variety of a different type of feel, but, um, yeah, not a place that's up until three or 4 a.m. Yeah. I mean, so remember we, <laughs> like we young, got cool in at like 10 like, oh, 30 no. PM. We got in at 10 30 PM and our first trip, I don't even think we went down to Lower East Side when we were there with your uh, aunt and uncle no and your cousins. We, I don't, I don't remember going um, down that far. But um, we got in our second trip. We were there over the summer and two years ago, and it was like 10.30 at night by the time we got in. We were starving because it was like <laughs> past dinner time, hour time in California. And um, I mean, you're just not even really sure what to expect, but like things were just opening up like for the night at like 11 p.m. It was like, you know how restaurants that serve lunch or they're closed until like, you know, 5 p.m. for the for the dinner hour. This was this was like that, but they were closed all day <laughs> until 11 p.m. at night and then opened up until like 3 a.m. Things are literally open to like 3 a.m. everywhere down there. It was crazy. But it was it was it was a fun memory cuz when we first got there, we kind of were like had no idea where to go. <laughs> um 
and it, you know, because we weren't expecting like the wildness of that area, um, it made it just a fun evening because we were hungry, so we got something to eat, but then we sat and had um, a beer, and remember it was so hot and so humid, oh, yeah. <laughs> and because uh, we went in July, <laughs> um, and I remember having like just the best glass of like iced cold rosé. It was so good, um, but just such a fun memory. We remember just sitting there in that place, that kind of like beach theme yeah. um, bar, and just like, wow, we're actually here. Like, can't believe we're doing this. Yeah. Um, but that was a fun memory. Yeah. Um, my second one is one we already mentioned, but I have to mention again was the Yankees World Series Parade. It was just like <laughs> the coolest thing to see everything, the ticker tape literally falling from the sky and the streets shut down and completely packed and Jay-Z singing New York State of Mind on the Capitol steps. <laughs> it was just epic. It was so epic. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, maybe it was like a little bit of a preview of the celebration we would have to come when we left the church. <laughs> but to, I, it was, I've never seen anything like it in that kind of city where there's so many people and just things being shut down. And Well, and people that like the Yankees, like they love the Yankees. Yeah. So... Um, those are some true fans. Yeah, it was it was almost like when the Broncos won the Super Bowl when I was in high school and we rioted in downtown Denver. <laughs> it was very similar to that. <laughs> but it was yeah, it it was it was, was so it, it was, was fun so experience. fun to see. Even I think we had heard Jay Z. We didn't we weren't down there for it. We'd heard him from where we were standing, and yeah. then. We were going somewhere else, and we had to like push through these huge crowds, oh gosh, just packed yeah. through just the streets. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was cool. just a, a, it was it was a great, fun memory. Like once in a lifetime thing to see a World Series parade in New York yeah. while you're staying there. It was just crazy. Yeah, that was fun. Um, my third one was basically just like living like Felicity for a week. <laughs> <laughs> We all know I love Felicity. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it just, that was fun to, like, put those pieces together. Um, and fun for all of my other Felicity friends who have also loved the show to, like, send them pictures of just different, I mean, they didn't even shoot most of the show there when it was on. Um, I think they shot it, like, at SC, believe it or not. But <laughs> I don't like to tell myself that because it takes away from, like, the nostalgia of <laughs> um, New York University. But, um, yeah, just that for how much I loved that show in high school and college and still current to this day, <laughs> um, that was always so fun, too. And I feel like so many awesome amazing movies are set in new york so so many like great comedies and so it's it's like so nostalgic for me to even like whenever we watch a movie ever since that trip whenever we would watch a movie it was based in new york we'd always like just kind of look at each other and be like oh we're like seinfeld yeah that's right i forgot we've never watched a show (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, so not just Felicity in general, but I think like all movies that we've loved that are set in New York, it just, I don't know why it like, it feels like it means so much more, maybe because New York means so much to us. Um, but yeah, living like Felicity is, was great. 
Great memory. <laughs> My next one's kind of general, but just the food. And we've talked about it before, yeah. so I don't need to go into it a lot. But Jacob's Pickles, best place in the world. Yeah. And then there was a place we went that I'll just... Um, I remember clearly after we went to church the first time we were there, we oh, went to this yeah. little brunch place and it was like, I, I think of it as the hobbit hole. <laughs> it was like we walked down into this small door and went there and we were eating brunch with people literally elbow to elbow with us <laughs> all around. And it just, it seemed like the just, we're in New York. Like the New York Yeah, thing to like do, we're totally. in New York and... Even like the bathroom was almost like a miniature door to get in the bathroom. <laughs> it was just, but I think all of those things combined, that being our first trip, not eating great for a long time, then eating incredible food. Mm-hmm. And then our second trip, really being able to seek out, seek out those places mm-hmm. and, and uh, find some good places to eat. I think the food... I guess that works with cannoli too. I'm sorry, I, that's just with how the food. It I mean, yeah, it's just, I mean, there, there's, there's so many good more to memories. Say other than the food, there's was just amazing. so many good memories. Yes, especially our second time when we really researched where to go yeah. and where to eat, yeah. and you know, thank you Yelp. <laughs> thank you Yelp, and also lots of friends that had um, that go on a regular basis that could yeah. give us a lot of input and stuff. But remember that place? It was called Carol's Place, where we got that bruschetta spread. Hmm. Yeah. With like the ricotta and strawberries and yeah, um, I got like some amazing lamb burger and um, yeah, that was that place was really good, and I forget if we've mentioned the Russ and Daughters bagel that I wanted to go to every single morning. Yeah, we did once we because that was close by, sort of close by us. Yeah, it was Glory side. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh my gosh, everything bagel. Toasted with cream cheese and onions and smoked salmon. But I think I got goat I got goat cheese, goat cream cheese on it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like my mouth is watering just thinking about it. It reminds me a lot of the New Girl episode when Jess tries to go into that. It's exactly deli. That, that was exactly and, like the and same type of Of course place. I was sent there to go get it by myself and Did I send you one? Yeah, oh yeah, I was and I was bullied. Big time. <laughs> oh, in the, in the shop. You yeah, were? <laughs> big time. Just like Jess was. By all the Jewish. Until I was just like, listen, give me what I want. <laughs> oh, that was when she was in Chicago, right? Oh, Chicago. I'm yeah, sorry. She was, but she it was in Chicago. just reminded me of that. No, totally. no, no, no. It was New York when they went to see Schmidt. And... Yeah, okay. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But it reminded same, me totally of that. I'm like in there, I'm like well, just like getting pushed around. Yeah. yeah, but like if you're not there for your number right away, it's just. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we had that a couple times. Yeah. That was so and then good. I have a hard time making a decision in those places anyway. Oh, my gosh. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be another. Just too many decisions. Just Ben's, too many decisions. Ben's decision making when it comes to um, food, basically. Food yeah. at a restaurant in a drive-through. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do we What do we call it? It's just a. Yeah. Well, we we'll, call it a John Charvelati. We'll because, see it when we get there. Type of situation. Oh, totally. Yes. Like I guess we'll see. What yeah. are you going to order? Uh, I guess I we'll guess see. Game what time happens. decision. Game That's time what decision. You call yeah. It. Game time decision. <laughs> it's game time decision. What happens when? I don't know. I might order a. Pork burger, never even heard of it. But I. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then the the wait the waiter will leave, and I'll say, 
I can't believe I just ordered that. <laughs> Why? So yeah, it was like me with the barbacoa quesadilla from Chipotle yeah. in last week's episode. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay, my um, my final one um, was the 9-11 Memorial Museum that mm-hmm. we went to. That was something I really wanted to do. And you were kind of like, you were just kind of impartial. Yeah. Um, you weren't as like gung-ho about it as, no. I, mean, as I was. I love America. Trust me. I do. But I'm sure like this was one of the other things that I had like newspaper clippings on. Yeah. <laughs> for years much like Princess Die and Titanic, which we didn't talk about Titanic when we talked about obsessions, but that can be a different episode. <laughs> <laughs> Who has a Leo poster on the, One. I had like 30. Um, but uh, yeah, the 9-11 Memorial Museum was so... I mean, there's not even, like, words to describe how emotional and incredible and um, sad and beautiful um, and, like, patriotic, like, all at the same time. And it was so... I think we have a different perspective not having lived there through that tragedy. Um, But we also have a perspective of being very much... um, like I, you know, I remember watching that second plane going through the towers. Um, you were already in college. I was, I was in college. my my fresh. It was my second day of my senior year in in high school. Yeah, my and classes were canceled. Teacher, I remember no, you saying that. My teacher made me go to class on that day. It was unreal. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, walked into terrorist. the CAF and there was a there was a note on the door that said America's been attacked. I went to my first class. She's like, you know, it's we we have to have class anyway, and, and I just well, probably yeah. nobody probably understood like the magnitude of what was going on yeah. because this was like obviously the first act of terrorism we've had experienced it like to this capacity. But um, I think just because like we we obviously didn't live it being in New York, but um, we've lived it. It's it's been a part of our generation. You know, it's something that we experienced. Um, as young adults that left a huge imprint on like myself. So to be able to experience the museum and spend time there and, um, listen to the voicemails of people calling from the airplane, you know, to their loved ones, it was just like, Oh my gosh. And just the, um, think just the the camaraderie and the, the patriotism that people showed, you know, after all of that, um, just really, it was like, while it was such a tragedy, um, and the memorial was so sad, it was also so like hopeful and, um, just some of the different displays and, um, just the hope that they have for the city, you know, since then and all of that. But anyways, that was, that was like such a emotional, like, I think we spent like almost three hours in there. Yeah. And it um, was three hours of not saying a word to each yeah, other. Yeah. You don't go in and like, say anything. Like yeah, I remember just, just like crying the whole time yeah. walking through. It was so emotional and so, um, yeah, I just, but I'm so glad that we did that. I really enjoyed, we didn't do any other museums. We had we wanted to when we yeah, were there we for a second yeah. trip, but that was like the the top one on my list. But so that was my final one of my favorite memories. Yeah. Of New York. My final one is it, again it's general, but just the experience of doing public transit for yeah. an entire <laughs> week and it's just it's fun. It's it's fun to 
fly into a place and take an Uber to your place and then never have to have a rental car. Yeah. It's just... Well, um, my first trip, Uber wasn't around yet, yeah. so... But taxis yeah. were, so it was like public transportation. Is yeah, so thing. it was... Uh, it's really fun. It's fun to figure out, you know, times me and Carly would look at each other and think, well, there's so many different buses. What? Which <laughs> one do we... I mean, so many different subways. Which one do we take? And we... Always figured it out somehow. <laughs> and a, a couple times it was late at night and we decided to Uber instead of getting on the subway. Yeah. I think twice we did that. We just looked at each other. Our feet hurt. We've been walking all day. <laughs> yeah. We're like, like I, can't. Oh, I will pay the extra $5. I don't want to I'll pay out the extra going. $5 just for an Uber right now because I can't handle walking anymore yeah. and, and we're mad and well in the night one of the nights on our second trip out there a couple of years ago um when we went to visit your cousins who were now living in Long Island City at the time um we took the wrong way on the F train coming back oh, and we were like yes so far out of the way <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the, the train that there's one of them that like stops running at some point like at night <laughs> Or is just exceptionally long, to, like you wait forever, and we end up getting on the wrong, we get got on the wrong way, and anyways, that was a very late night, but yeah, it was. It's like, ah, uh, forget it. Yeah, we'll just Uber. spend the whatever it is on yeah. Uber to get home. <laughs> we had some interesting Uber drivers. We did because we well, the... typically like we're far enough away where it was a a pretty. I guess it was not a long drive, but... In New York, it's long, yeah. It was a couple of miles, but it took forever because... Yeah, like, we were... It was enough time to, like, actually talk to yeah. your Uber driver and, like, um, get to know them a little bit, I guess. But remember the other time, 4th of July, when we were out here the, the last time, um, and we got poured on running to the subway yeah. <laughs> after leaving Long Island City? Yeah, that was a great memory, too, sitting, mm -hmm. watching... The 4th of July fireworks on Hudson River. Yeah. I mean, that was amazing. That was amazing. Yeah. But do you remember the other time we were there the first time, and we we're going to get in a taxi, and the guy offered me cocaine? <gasps> oh, my gosh. That's right. We were in Chelsea. <laughs> he <laughs> said, he said no, no, no. Some guy, like, walked up to me and offered me cocaine and said, I'll give you a sample. And I thought, why? What? You're going to give me a sample of I'm just, cocaine? I'm just surprised that and like you didn't agree to it for how rough of a place your life was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but my wife would love some. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not okay to joke No, about that. for sure not. We we never did drugs like at all. But it was, it was such a weird situation because I think that was the second night we were there maybe. And we yeah. looked at each other like... Where Did that are just we? happen? I <laughs> mean, I we live in L.A. Yeah. I mean, we live in L.A. L.A. <laughs> and that never happened to me. <laughs> a you sample? A sample. A sample okay. of cocaine? I don't sure even know what that real, means. I'm sure this is real legit and not synthetic at all. <laughs> Sorry if if anyone has had a sample of cocaine. I just can't imagine it being a real thing. But No, there's no way. Yeah. But, I mean, those are just some of our... Many yeah. memories of our life-changing trips to New York. Um, and, uh, yeah, next week we'll go a little further into as our lives really begin to make a change. The crap, it's the fan. Yes, big time. Big time crap fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later.
just on biography. Please subscribe or leave a comment. And if you have questions or want to open up a discussion, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at biography. See you next time.